Have you ever thought about professional quality videos and booking travel in short-term missions? We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. This is the Engaging Missions Show, episode 197 with Kyle Philippi. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for joining us. This week, we're going to be talking about travel, videos, missions, conferences, and more. This will be continuing our series on short-term missions. I also have a way for you to find more missions-focused podcasts and audiobooks. Stick around to the end for a little bit more information about that. Before we get started, I also want to welcome a few new online friends. We have Denise and Tony, who recently liked the Engaging Missions Facebook page, and also Clay, Mike, Bevan, and Denise, who subscribe to the email newsletter. If you'd like to subscribe to that newsletter, you can visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to connect on Facebook, just visit engagingmissions.com and click on the Facebook logo. Also, I'd like to mention that we are right in the middle of a fundraiser for Global Initiative to help them provide resources for the global body of Christ to reach Muslims with the gospel. During Ramadan, which is where we are as I'm recording this, this is especially poignant because Muslims are seeking after God they just haven't maybe found him yet, and so these resources can help the body reach them. If you'd like to have more information about that and the, the kind of money we're trying to raise, visit engagingmissions.com slash fund16. And with that, we're going to transition to our time with Kyle. All right, let's get started. Today, I am super excited to have with me Kyle Philippi. He founded and directs a ministry called Far Flung Tin Can. He's been leading this for about the last seven years. They focus on helping missionaries build awareness and support through media and engaging people to get involved. They've filmed eight full-length films, and they've also filmed four worship albums, and they're continuing to find more missionaries and partners every year. And beyond that, they also help set up and take a lot of short-term trips. And that's part of why I'm, I'm talking to Kyle today. So, Kyle, thanks for being with us. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this is an absolute privilege. And just to kind of start this off, since we're focusing a little bit on short-term missions, I was wondering, could you share with us maybe one or two ways that you and your experience have seen short-term missions have a positive impact for the kingdom? You know, through different trips we have, and, and I go on a lot of short-term trips for different reasons, and I always think I'm going there and I'm going to, I've got a mission, I've got an assignment, and a lot of times I come back and I'm like, I'm a better person. Mm. Most of the time when we take someone on a trip, I know they're going to help, they're going to paint something, they're going to make a kid smile, but I know that their character is going to change, there's something in their heart. I think the biggest thing that happens is you become a stronger Christian and, you know, and a more impactful Christian from doing these trips. And, and there's some great things that happen. You build churches, you help orphans. And a lot of times one of the biggest impacts from a short-term trip is you see that there's good fruitful ministry and you come back and you decide to start supporting monthly or you get, you start to advocate that a lot of it. I feel like the, the, the biggest things that happen start when you get back on U.S. soil rather than maybe that week of VBS. Mm. 
Yeah, you know, as you were as you were sharing that, it kind of reminded me of some of the things that I've seen happen in my life since I've started talking to missionaries. I've found that my heart begins to be turned toward them as I begin to develop relationships and to, to learn mm-hmm. from them. Have you have you seen those kinds of things happen for for other people as well? Oh yeah, it's amazing that the just the change you see on these trips and even a, a week long trip just to see the transformation and and see the bonds that come. Of all the random relationships that form just from a short-term trip. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. So we, we've talked a little bit about some of the things that come out of short-term missions that do really well, but I think sometimes there are also some challenges or maybe things that don't always go quite as well as they could. What What are some things that you've seen that maybe we could do better, and then how could we do them better? You're always going to have some struggles on, on a trip, especially, you know, I feel like the, the biggest thing that we try to combat and try to prevent on the front end is the mentality of we're coming to save mm. these people, not save as in salvation, going right. to heaven, but we're going there to build a relationship and that they just, if the, the scenario is not, they need us and we don't need them. And so, so many times we we have people that maybe it's their first time trip and maybe they've never been outside of their state and then they get there and they don't understand Jesus of Ecuador. Mm. You know I mean? I, I thought I've been saved pretty much my whole life. And so I thought I knew Jesus. And then once I got outside the U S I realized, Oh, I only know American Jesus. <laughs> I don't know Ecuador Jesus and how things are different and how context and things like that. And so how culture is so important. And so you, you can't approach it the same way. And so we try to prepare people to, to, to think differently than you think when you're going to minister to them, because it's not like going to your neighborhood church and ministering. It's a whole new ball game. And so I think that's the biggest thing that we try to combat. And then, you know, the things on the ground, there, you know, there's always cultural things. There's things that you don't think are offensive and you may, you have no clue and then you get there and you do something and like, oh, that's offensive in this culture. Mm-hmm. Even language, you, you take your Spanish class in high school and then you say something in another country and that word, oh, you don't say that word here. So <laughs> things you can't really prepare for either. But I, I'd say that the biggest thing that we try to work with is preparing people for the culture shock, I guess. Have you found any key ways that you're able to help people prepare and be sensitive to those kind of things? We actually, we, we do some training classes when we send people on our trips, we do some classes on just contextualization and ministering to someone that we, we don't understand them about, you know, this is a good example. When we went to India, we couldn't understand why the orphans were being mistreated, mm-hmm. even by the teachers. They're going to public school and they're being mistreated, like purposely like sought out to be mistreated. And I thought, you know, and when you think back in the States, you're like an orphan, you want to give them as much love as possible because you feel bad and, you know, they don't have people, but there they believe in karma. And mm. so the reason they're orphan is because they've done something so bad in their past life that they need to learn their lesson. And so things like that, if you don't know that kind of context, you just think everybody's a jerk. And so it, it's trying to do as much background on that specific culture as you can to prepare them. This is how we do things. Even customary things of when you come into someone's house or eating or which hand do you use, things like that. And and usually they're pretty forgiving because they know, okay, they don't know. But it's always better to to gain trust by learning the culture and trying to just 
absolutely immerse yourself into another culture rather than being the foreigners coming in. Yeah, I would imagine that could be a, a real challenge. How, how do you deal with, I, I guess from, from my perspective, I would see a little bit of heartbreak when you see somebody who has no defender, who's being mistreated simply because people have, have this perspective of karma. How do you, how do you deal with that? I'm figuring that out. It's really <laughs> difficult. I mean, we try to share God's love as much as we can, and it is heartbreaking. And I try to contain my anger because it, it, it's very upsetting yeah. when you see someone mistreated like that and you want to seek justice, but you also don't want to come in there and just be completely rejected by the culture. And so you've got to come in with stealth and love and approach it in a certain way and not let your emotions get the best of you. Yeah. Let's shift our focus a little bit to God's faithfulness. You've, you've been doing this for several years. I would imagine you've walked through some seasons where you've really seen God do some things. Would you mind sharing a little bit of what you've seen God do so that we can learn from your experience and see what God's done in your life? As far as on trips or as far as the organization? You know, I think whichever one bubbles up to the top first. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing this for seven years, and I can look at almost every year, every really about every year and a half as a, as a chapter in a book. We've seen we've seen God do crazy things where you know we're stepping out and doing this full time, mm. and you know I thought I, I gave it a year. I knew God was telling me, okay, you need to step out. So I start saving up my money and. Just in case, I, you know, I, we didn't have the funds because at that time, you know, I had a full-time job doing ministry as a youth pastor. And I did this, you know, as much as I could and our fundraise as much as I could. But there was no pressure. You know, whatever came in, came in. But once I became full-time, okay, yeah, those donations are important now. And so to take that leap where there was not the funds to, to, to do it, but knowing this was the move and to see God pay for all our bills and continue to grow the organization so that we can still send money to the projects we have and pick up more projects and also take care of your family. That's a big thing. And the, the networking that we've kind of, you know, I don't, I don't know how people find us. I mean, I know we have social media and things like that, but the opportunities that we've had as far as doing church services with our worship team and, and speaking on missions to see, we've, we saw this big hurdle happen sometime last year where, you know, we, the year before, we did four church services for the year. And then the very next year, we did 36. <laughs> just, you know, it's it just these very God-defining moments where God's like, okay, now this is a season of this. And just to show His faithfulness and, and the way we find our missionaries, like, that's the question we get asked the most is, how do you choose? How do you find your missionaries? And I don't have an answer. It's the question we get answered, asked the most. And I don't have an answer that's good because... I feel like I'm putting my finger up in the wind and I mean, God, and it's just so crazy how God is so orchestrates the missionaries we come in contact with because I'll feel like, yes, this is the right thing. And then I get there to film the thing. We put all this money in to do a film project. We get there. And then after we land, God goes, Oh, this is why. And he shows us all these connections we didn't see before Mm. all these strings that were connected. And it's mind blowing to see the connections that God made, but didn't, didn't reveal it until we took the step. That, that's really interesting. And I guess, you know, we haven't focused a whole lot on the, the major part of your ministry. So obviously you do travel and you take people on mm-hmm. trips with you, but you also 
help provide that connection between people sort of back home, if you will, and missionaries who are on the sure. front lines. Can you share a little bit more about, you know, what goes into your, the videos that you produce and, and what it is that you're doing and maybe even some of the, the results you've seen coming from that? Right. So what we do, we find a missionary and we take it as the approach of, you know, we're going to do an hour and a half long film, you know, around that time limit which is not something you, you typically see these days. You see the missions videos being very yeah. short, like two minutes heavy, if you're lucky, right? Yeah, Very heavy black and white and sad music. And <laughs> we take it to the approach of, we want families to watch this. And one of the best things that we see kids that uh, ask their parents when they have a movie night, they want to watch a far flung movie. Wow. I like that. It's just so mind blowing to me. And it's what we wanted. And to see a kid, asked to watch a documentary. It's just unheard of, but we add a lot of humor, a lot of character to them. There's overlapping jokes from film to film because we've taken an approach of this is not 2017 is a year we support this missionary. And then that's it. You know, we, we have a very family approach where we're with you till you're done with ministry. Mm. We're with you for the next 30 years. So you'll see missionaries show up in other movies or we'll say, you know what? you could really help us in this film project. We, they show up in another one. So it pays off to watch all the films. You see people grow, you see ministries grow. We do updates and things like that. So we, you know, we shoot, we start with an hour and a half long film. We, we obviously don't charge the missionaries because we're there to make some money for them and to help tell their story. Because a lot of missionaries are, they're great at so many things, but PR mm. is not usually one of them. And, yeah. and they struggle. They come back to the stage with a slideshow and, a projector and you know they just they have a really hard time telling their story so we come in and we say let us do that part let us brag on you and say these are the awesome things you're doing and we tell it from our perspective and then we put it together and we, we premiere it at our missions conference that we do every year and that'll be the first time people see it and then we bring it on the road with us as we do services at churches and at conferences we have our films there and people buy them or if you know you get them with a shirt something like that and people end up either supporting one time or supporting monthly mm. to that missionary. And so that's kind of our approach so far is to, to find a fun way to let them know, not just about what they're doing, but their character. I've always believed that people invest in people's character, not just the project. You know, most people pick their church based off their pastor, not based on the needs in the community. So we try to really highlight who, who these people are. After an hour and a half, you feel like you have a relationship with these people. Yeah, and so we've seen we've seen that really it, the, the best thing that we that I can see when we, someone comes to our booth, they start talking to us very casually, and they're like, "I'm sorry, I feel like I already know you guys." Like, that's exactly what we <laughs> wanted to to for people to watch the films, and they go, "I feel like I just need to do something." That's the the kind of the drive we want when someone ends the film, like they have to get up and they have to do something. Wow, that that's that's pretty amazing. I would imagine having put together, I think, eight of these now, you've interacted with a few missionaries. You've probably interacted with quite a number of different people. And mm. through all of those people, I would imagine also sometimes God speaks to you and teaches you. What's God been teaching you over the last few months or the last year? <laughs> God's always working on me. <laughs> he is showing me I have a hard time trusting sometimes. I think, okay, this is, I know God, you call me to this, but are you really going to back me on this? And time and time again, as we, we go on a trip and I think, you know, I planned a trip. We do a trip every four years. It's a massive trip we do. We did our first one a couple of years ago and I I looked at the budget, you know, we've never done anything big 
big picture. I wasn't even full time when I started it. And I thought, God, there's no way. This is so outside of our budget that I know this is this is the most passionate thing about our ministry. I want to do is this project. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote it all out. You know, I said, this is this is the bill, you know, and somehow he came through and, and paid for it. And that's that's how it's been every time when if God tells us to go somewhere. We've always been able to find people to partner with us to pay for it. So we, we don't have to take, you know, ask the missionaries, for, you know, for money or anything like that. We always want the income to be going the other way. Yeah. And so God is just always showing himself faithful that if he's called you to it, then he'll take care of it. One of my spiritual mothers always says, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. And so that's just such a great saying, especially because it rhymes. But the fact that God, he supports our dreams and he's there to, to advance us. That's what he's continually working on me this year as, because as we grow, you know, things are great, but then he calls me to bigger things. He said, okay, you've, you've handled that good. Now let's try to do this. Yeah. Why would we've never done that before? And so then he teaches me, listen, if I've called you to this, you can do this. Wow. That, that's really good. And, you know, you hit on something that God's been kind of reminding me of recently, that the, the vision always comes before the provision that, mm-hmm. you, you know, you hear from God and you go, well, that's too big. I don't know how to do that. And he says, well, yeah, that's pretty much the point. And then when you start stepping into it or stepping toward it, that's when he starts showing you where the provision comes from. And man, good stuff. I appreciate you sharing that. With that, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit more toward travel and some of the things that go with that. Hey, Scott McClellan with FX Missions. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Missions Show. We also wanted to let you know about our Leadership Moment podcast. It's a weekly 10-minute podcast where we focus on leadership ideas, concept, and inspiration and offer interviews often with those who are stepping out and taking action. Leadership Moment. Check us out at fxmissions.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a lot. All right, we're back with Kyle Philippi. He's been sharing some of the stuff that God's been showing him as well as a little bit about the ministry. Now we're shifting our focus toward one of the things that Kyle and his group do pretty consistently because they're doing short-term stuff, and that's booking travel. So, Kyle, as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know what? You show up, you're a film crew, you've traveled with stuff, you probably have some gear that goes with you. What are some of the, the challenges that come with booking travel when you've got that much stuff to take with you? We we try to pinch every penny we can. So, you know, we're flying coach, which means you're only getting, depending on the airline, you're getting one check bag or two. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're going, at, most of the time on our trips, we're doing a film trip, which means there's tons of gear. So everybody has to forfeit one of their carry-ons for mm-hmm. gear because we don't check any film equipment. So just don't trust. I just don't trust <laughs> yeah. most airports and in most countries. And so, yeah, everybody has you know a personal item. I mean, you know, you might be traveling for forty hours, and you know, you've got a book bag for whatever you need because that the, your other arm is going to be a, you know a drone or it's going to be you know a bunch of film equipment. Usually, whoever has caused me the the biggest headache <laughs> for planning oh, no. gets the drone <laughs> because they're treated with scrutiny through TSA to make sure that it's not a questionable object. So yeah. usually whoever is, you know, what whoever is on my bad list, I'm like, listen, you got the drone. Like, no, please don't. So yeah, but you know, yeah, everybody usually has, a, we do baggage assignments. 
And a lot of times when we go, we have gifts. Sometimes we do like outreach things and stuff like that. So we, a lot of times we use those, those vacuum seal bags. Mm-hmm. If it's like clothes or, st- or definitely stuffed animals that maybe they're not heavy, but they take up a lot of space. We use those vacuum seal bags to help get us in there. And sometimes you can add luggage and things like that. But we also use um, agency. This is some free press for them. We use a company called 963 Missions, and they're based out of Texas. I've been using them for a few years. We don't always use them. It depends on the size of the group we have. And But they've built relationships with most airlines, and they get humanitarian rates. Hmm. And so they're essentially a travel agency, but they're they're based for – missions trips and they also do buses and things like that. So if you if you're traveling with 10 or more, you can get a group contract. And so that really helps as far as travel and anybody can do that. You can call them up and they'll give you an agent and they'll they'll check on prices. I usually check from four different airports, what's the cheapest flight, what kind of price, what kind of contract can you get? And a lot of times with humanitarian rates, they give you an extra suitcase depending on the airline. And so there's a lot of perks to that. that that's, so that's a look. Yeah, that, that's 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 great. Since you gave a little bit of a plug, is there also a website that we could include in the show notes if somebody's hearing this and they're interested? Yes. It, okay. It's actually highpointgo.com. I know that they go a bit on 963 missions and high point. So yes, it's highpointgo.com. And yeah, they've got buses and vans and missions, airfare, all that. All You can do all that. You can quote your trip there. I don't get a commission from them, but I've used them since 2012, and they're a great company. I've used the same the same guy. My, my guy's Ryan Keekover, so if you <laughs> tell him I sent you. But, yeah, it's, it's a great company if you've got a, a group that's over 10. And, so, and depending on where you're going, and like I said, there's a lot of variables, but sometimes you, what's one of the biggest things is maybe they are the same price that you can get. But in a group contract, sometimes they will allow you to put down a, a down payment. And then they don't need the toll payment till 30 days before the flight. So that kind of helps when you're trying to recruit people from your church and you've got 30 people that are, I'm going, I'm going, you know, I'm going on this trip no matter what. And you really don't know if they're going to do it. You can put down a down payment on those 30 people and 90% of them need to go or you can back out of the the last 10 and you don't need names to a certain date. So there's just flexibility rather than buying tickets up front. And everybody has to have their money raised nine months before the trip, which almost never happens, or the church has to cover it using the site where sometimes you can put it on down payment and pay the rest at the end. That's really helpful with fundraising. Yeah, no kidding. You mentioned the the money nine months in advance. I would imagine a, f- a few people maybe haven't thought about that kind of thing that far in advance when you start talking about a missions trip. What are some of the things as you start thinking about travel that you need to consider as far as, you know, what needs to be in place, mm-hmm. the timelines, the different things that need to be put in, you know, the, sort of checking them off right. the list? You need to make sure you have a passport and a passport that doesn't expire because that does happen where someone doesn't realize, oh, my passport's going to expire next week, or they don't have enough pages as well. There's actually a couple pages in the back you can't use therefore mm-hmm. for other things, for notes or medical notes, things like that. So you need to make sure you have enough pages in your passport and visas as well. Some, a lot of people don't know that in certain countries you have to have visas. They said, ask them, are you ready to go? Actually, I a guy in our organization, I traveled to Brazil to go speak for two weeks, and he was going to come in on the second week. And I'm preaching in Brazil, and I have my phone sitting on the pulpit. And we're actually, we went to a video. 
talking about something. And as the video went up, I get a text from him. I knew he was supposed to be going on his flight. And he says, did you know you need a visa to come to Brazil? <laughs> and he's at the DC airport ready to fly and he doesn't have a visa. And I text him while the video clip is showing. I'm like, I'm preaching right now. I can't really respond, but yes, I know that you need a visa. I'm in Brazil. So, so luckily we pulled some strings. I don't know how I got him. I got him a contact. I had an inside source at the Brazilian embassy and was able a consulate was able to get him a visa in one hour. Wow. And so, so someone really came through for me, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta check and make sure that the country doesn't require a visa. You gotta make sure you want to check your vaccines, certain countries you're going to need I mean, you can, some, some countries require vaccines, some recommend vaccines. And so, you know, you can always risk it if you don't want to, but some, some of them, you know, they may require paperwork to make sure that you have this specific vaccine, especially if you've been to other certain countries within a few months before. So those are things to check into and you can, you know, go to your local clinic to find those out fairly easy. And th- those are the, the biggest things. And then of course, packing. Yeah. I always recommend starting your packing, you know, well in advance and getting all that squared away because you're always going to forget something. That, that's pretty much the, the the big ones when you're planning the trip is is the the visa, the vaccines. You mentioned, I think, a little bit earlier that one of the the, the thing that you get to give to people that kind of upset you is the drone, right? Are, are there <laughs> other things that people might consider taking that really shouldn't go through immigration? I, I would imagine guns are kind of a gimme, right? You don't take guns across the board, right. but right. what kinds of and, other things? Yeah, you're not allowed to have knives as well. Even with a lot, if you're traveling with, well, you're probably not traveling with much film equipment as we do, but too much equipment in one bag is a, it's kind of a red flag. It's not necessarily banned. But they're going to check. So if you've got a lot of equipment and you've got a spouse or it's, you know a child with you or someone else, maybe divvy up some of your equipment so it's not all in one bag. Another big thing is when you're traveling internationally, don't have tags on any of anything you're bringing. Hmm. And I've seen, you know, some people maybe you're buying a whole new wardrobe for the trip, or you're bringing gifts. You know, you're donating flip flops or whatever you're doing. Take all the tags off. Because you'll get to some countries, and they're going to try to tax you for them if the tags are on. My wife was just in Guatemala last week, and and you know they were bringing some things. They know take every tag off because they think you're going to resell it, mm. or maybe they don't think you're going to resell it, but they just want to tax you. <laughs> so you know anything you buy, even if you're coming back, maybe you bought a gift there and you're coming back, take the tags off it just in case they search it and, and, and things like that. And, you know, there's always the funny things where certain countries where it's harder to get stuff. There's certain countries where beef jerky, and I always travel with beef jerky. It's good protein. It just tastes good. But there are certain countries I got to hide my beef jerky because they always try to compensate with these guards. And you'll go back and look, and they're eating the beef jerky. And so that's just one of the funny things that you got to look for. But, yeah, definitely take the tags off of anything that you're bringing. That that was something that I never would have considered taking the tags off. But, you know, it makes perfect yeah. sense if you think about it. Are, mm-hmm. are there any other things that people don't think about that kind of become issues when you hit the border? We haven't had a whole lot. You know, I'm always trying to be, I, I'm like the friendliest traveler, traveler I try to be. You know, someone always says you can't treat someone like dirt and then expect them to do your favor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I try to gain good favor with, with countries and, and, and things like that, because there's a lot of power and there's a lot of ambiguity in that power and security and customs and things like that. 
And so it always helps to just to be nice. And, and, you know, you might be jet lagged and you just really not in the mood to, you know, chum it up with somebody, but it, it, it pays off sometimes just to make sure that you're friendly. I mean, and also, you know, it goes as kind of being a Christian is yeah. being nice to people you when you don't feel like it, but we haven't had a whole lot of issues with, with security. We did have one country where the gospel is not necessarily welcomed in our, it was a country where if we had put that we were coming on our visa for religious purposes, they wouldn't have let us come into the country. Okay. So we had to put tourism on our, on our visa. And so we were a little nervous going in because they're very thorough and customs and asking a lot of questions and they obviously don't want us videoing. And so we had to have some backstories just in case they were, you know, trying to seize our equipment or anything. So we divvied up all the equipment and, and I had to have everyone on the teams, you know, I'm like, okay, you're going to have this piece of equipment and this is why you would have this and things like that. Otherwise there would be no way to tell that story because the gospel is not welcome there and we wouldn't be accepted or, you know, we could possibly be arrested. Wow. So I would imagine that it could be really difficult to, to walk through that with integrity. How, how are you able to do that? <laughs> I, it, it's very difficult. You know, I go back and forth because I'm like, I'm not being completely honest here. Where, you know, where do I draw the line? And I'm doing, I've on an assignment, but I'm not being completely honest. And it's a gray area that I'm, I'm not comfortable with. And I'm glad I've only had to do that once. And so I prayed through and, you know, I even had to sign a waiver saying I would not preach the gospel for those 16 days that I'm in that country. And, and which I did not, we, we were there to film, we were there to tell the story. And so I actually kept to my word on that. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, the gray area. It's hard. You know, God sent us there and maybe I should have had more faith and just said, this is why we're coming. I don't know. I don't know what would have been the right decision. Wow, man. I appreciate your honesty in sharing that with us because, you know, as I think about that, I I wonder how people are able to do that. And, you know, it's good to know that we struggle with these things, that we want to know that we're doing the right thing and that we're able to follow God. And I appreciate that. With with that, we are going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to shift our focus one last time more toward our listeners. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Mission Show. Look, from my years of experience in Africa, and we probably host a minimum of 50, usually somewhere closer to 100 short-term missionaries at our three campuses uh, every year. It, it has a huge impact. One, it, huge, great relationships for us, uh, for our mission organization. We're very dependent on people who come to visit, being donors and a source of resources after they go back home. They go back much more excited to their home churches, uh, but also they're able to help us with projects, they're able to work with our students, they're able to work with our graduates of African Bible College, they're, they're able to participate in our medical ministry. We run a mission hospital in Malawi that last year saw 65,000 patients, and we couldn't do that without short-term teams. We have medical students that come through every year and volunteer at our ABC Community Clinic. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe.
All right, we're back with Kyle Philippi. I just want to say that I so appreciate his honesty and what he shared there. That's didn't intend that to be a gotcha question, but I appreciate his honesty and in, 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 in bearing his soul because these are difficult things that people who go to a country that we would think of as creative access, they have to be creative to, to get access. Yeah. And so I appreciate that, Kyle. Now, Absolutely. As, as we think about people that are maybe interested in going on a short-term trip, What's maybe one question they should ask themselves before they sign themselves up, so to speak? <laughs> On a short-term trip, you said. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I encourage, I think that everyone should go on a short-term trip. Mm. You know, if it was someone that was thinking, I'm going to go into missions. Yeah, I would have several questions for you. But I think even those that don't have a heart for missions should go on a missions trip. You know, you want to go on one that is you feel like God leads you to, that you feel like you could learn from, and, and that you can also attribute and help on the on the trip. But I think everyone at some point should go on at least one missions trip, whether they have a you know a calling to missions or not. And 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 to those that maybe you feel like I think I'm called to missions, I don't know. You know what? Go on a short term trip. You'll find out fairly quickly if missions are for you or not. And so I, I wouldn't have many questions for someone, whether they think they're going to go. I, I'm always like, yes, go. I'm very much the dive into it. <laughs> if it's not for you, guess what? You got an answer. You know, it's better than not having an answer. So if somebody's thinking that they should go, but maybe they're, they've, they've got some fear about maybe finances or time off from work or, or things like that, what would you sure. share with somebody in that situation? I've always found that God's going to work it out. If you need to be on this trip and there's people that they desperately want to go on a trip and they don't have the funds and they don't have a way to get off work or things like that. You know, if God wants you on that trip, those are things that are not too big for him. And sometimes he wants you to wait. Sometimes it's just not works out. If you feel like, yes, this is what I want to do. I would say, pursue it, go after it. And if it doesn't work out, then, you know, wipe your hands clean of it. God has something else planned. But so many times someone's like, I don't have any clue on how I'm going to get on this trip, but I want to go. And then sure enough, the funds just show up. I love, that's one of my favorite calls to make is when someone gets to say, I'm going to pay for this person to go if they want to go. But can you tell them? Cause I want to be anonymous. Yeah. I love being that person saying, listen, I didn't pay for it. I want to go ahead and preface it that cause I don't have that kind of money. But someone has said, if you want to go on this trip, it's paid for. And I've seen that happen several times. And people said yes before they had the funds. Wow. So if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, I really like what Far Flung Tin Can is about. Do you have opportunities for people to be engaged in what you're doing and perhaps even going on trips with you? Sure. So we have a department we call Far Flung Air. And we've done a couple trips with it. We've got one this summer. It's something that we're growing slowly. And we have trips that they can go on internationally. We have trips this summer to Ecuador. It's three different weeks, the week-long trips to our feeding ministry, which is our first project that we supported called Pandavita. And, you know, a lot of the people that you see the films are there on the trip. They're guiding it. You're not on your own. They kind of help you plan the whole thing. You're on, you're in teams of 15 and we do all those logistics. You just sign up, you fill out the application on our website 
And if we approve the application, we walk you through the whole step and you get to do hands-on experience. You get to go on a missions trip, but you're not just going to a country on your own and just feel like you're, you know, what am I doing here? You've got people there you trust in the organization. Then we also have a missions conference that we do annually. Right now we do them just in Chattanooga, but we have people that fly in for it every year. And it's for anyone that has a heart for missions. That means they want to give to missions or find ways to fundraise or raise awareness. People that want to do short-term trips, people that want to go on the field, but they don't know what the first steps are. And we do workshops. We do evening services that are powerful, engaging, and we premiere our newest film every year there. And so that's another way to kind of get plugged in and let us kind of meet you and maybe provide some information for you. And that's where we release all of our upcoming trips and upcoming projects, all that. Wow. Very cool stuff. And if I remember right, you also take donations. Is there a place that people can go if they really like what you're about and they want to partner with you financially? Sure. Our website is farflingtincan.com. There's there's no problem finding the donate button on there. And you can donate online. Our address is also on the website if you, you know, prefer mailing a check that way. That's fine also. And we're doing some updates on our site right now because, like I said earlier, we're getting a lot, lot more bookings for speaking and for worship and things like that. And so that's a good way to connect with us as well. And we're, we're getting ready to put our calendar on the site because we have people now that are saying, where are you going to be? Because we'll drive in if we're you know, within a couple hours. Is there a book or maybe a resource that you'd recommend for our listeners? This one it impacted me and it's a few years old and it's almost, I almost feel like it's a cliche to mention it because it's like, I feel like everybody who loves missions read it, but it's called Radical. David Platt book. And that was one of the first, I had already started the organization and and by organization, you know, meaning we had a website and I was saying we were a missions organization, but we weren't much of anything. But that book really just shaped a lot of that drive that I had beginning. You know, a lot of the books that I read are business books and creativity books, things like that, because at least as far as my position in the organization, I you know, I'm doing missions work, but I'm also in charge of media and storytelling and also growing something and things like that. So that's a lot of the books that I read. Don't actually read a whole lot of missions books. Read some books on faith. I, lo- I really like Crash the Chatterbox. That's a Stephen Furtick book. And that one's just all about just drowning out all the outside noise and things that people say about you and and canceling out all the noise you hear except for what God's word is. And if you have, you know, if that's something you deal with, with hearing God's voice and, and, and knowing who God's created you to be. That's a great book. Wow. Good stuff. For, for those of you listening, we will have all of this stuff linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Kyle Philippi. And that last name Philippi is like the first part of the book Philippians. Easy way to remember yes. it. Um, yes. Now, Kyle, as we're kind of coming to a close, I'm wondering how can we best pray for you? Pray for us for that we find the missionaries that God's called us to partner with. You know, it's not, it's not just finding good work. We're finding people that God wants us to partner with and to help. And it's not finding the best missionaries, but the specific ones that God's connected us with. And so that's something that we, we've fortunately have gotten it right so far. And we've, the connections we've made, I mean, it really is like family. And so, Pray for the connections that we have and that we, you know, walk through the right doors and that we can best provide for those missionaries and be that support system for them as well. And also, you know, pray for protection as we travel. We do travel a lot, 
due to go to countries that we're not necessarily most welcome in. And so pray for us that we have traveling mercies and protections in that way as well. Wow, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. And for, for those of you listening, I would like to encourage you, just take a second, pause this, and take a minute to pray. It's really easy to think about it and then just let it go out your head while you're going someplace else. I know because it happens to me too. So I would encourage you to pause this for just a minute and pray for Kyle and for what's going on with Far Flung Tin Can, those connections that they would know what they need to do, all of that stuff. Kyle, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Love what you're doing. I think it's amazing. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, thanks for being with us. No, thank you so much for having me. I mentioned at the beginning that there's now a way for you to find more podcasts and audiobooks that are focused on missions, church planting, and discipleship and things that are related to that. And it's all in one place. It's something that I've actually been working on now for a couple of weeks. I've been thinking about it for quite some time. Visit missionalaudio.com to find the current list of podcasts and audiobooks, the, the things that we have listed so far, or also to suggest something for us to include. I don't suppose that I know every possible missions-focused podcast or audiobook that's out there, so I'm really relying on you to help me fill this out and make it something that's incredibly valuable for the body of Christ as we try to continue to grow in our faith, to grow as people who either are involved in missions, church planting, discipleship, or who care about that and are supporting those who are. Thanks so much for sticking around to the end. The show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Kyle Philippi. That's K-Y-L-E-P-H-I-L-I-P-P-I. Engagingmissions.com slash Kyle Philippi. That's where you're going to find links, quotes, resources to help you engage. And also, make sure that you come back next week. We're going to be hearing from Paul Chin Chin about building relationships over the long haul and the value of discipleship. Make sure that you don't miss that by subscribing. You can do that at engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And also, please help us understand how we can improve the show and serve you better. If you have any feedback for us, send that to feedback at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Missions Show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.